This is Relationship, a podcast presenting a gay look at traditional relationships and values. With your hosts, the Cratellis. I'm Marco. And I'm Tony. Happy last week of September. Happy end of September to you, husband. came and went. Bye-bye. And now we're literally getting ready to dive right into our chaotic October. I'm ready for it. I'm so ready for it. It's going to be so good. I think we should do an episode. By the way, happy Woot Wednesday, everyone. Happy Woot Woot Wednesday. I hope everyone's having a great week so far. Um, I think that when we are in Punta Cana, we should do like a live from Punta Cana episode. We can. I think that would be kind of cool, don't you? Yeah, that's fine. It would be a really good time. We'll bring like the, we have a like little portable microphone. We'll bring the to-go mic. And it would be really fun. I yeah. think it a good time. How's your week? How was your month? How's your life? What's going on? <laughs> I would hope you know how my life is, husband. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I haven't really seen you and it's only going to get worse. Um, everything is good. Just, you know, like I said last week, kicking off a big project at work. So things have been crazy there. Um... But having fun, living life, feeling good, feeling natural. <laughs> Shout out, Charles. Um, I love you? it. I'm good. Can't believe that September is over already. Like, it's just, I like, again, I mean, I've been saying it just about every week on this podcast. But, like, you turn around and it's like, oh, it's the holidays. Like, mm-hmm. we're, like, going into all of the madness right now. And it's kind of cool. Work is great. Um, life is good. Things are really good. I'm a little sad because in October I came to the realization that in October, like, I'm not going to see you for a week, and then I'm going to see you in Rochester. Like, that, like it's like the weirdest thing. <laughs> it will be something. It's going to be very bizarre. I think you'll survive. Oh, I mean, I know I'll be fine. <laughs> um, I'll, it'll be fine. But, no, it's just craziness to, like, think that that's, like, what's going to happen, you know? Yeah, we're going to be apart for a little while. I might explode. Yeah, you definitely have more of the potential to explode than I do. It's true. Me, I will be fine. You will be obsessively calling me and missing me. And it's then true. Sad. It's true. It's going to be a thing. I kind of dig my husband. Yeah, from what I've gathered. <laughs> from what I've gathered. Um, but yeah, other than that, everything's been good. I'm loving this um, sandalwood candle that we have creating this ambiance that we have going on oh, right no. now ambiance it's kind of nice right it is lovely it smells lovely i love a good sandalwood me too i'm a fan of any of the earthy spices yeah it smells good it's masculine it's so nice anyways let's say you we hop into our hashtag gay relationship goals for the week let's do it should I do it in that voice as well? No. No? Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> as a reminder, every week, Tony and I will pick a wonderful queer couple and highlight them as our hashtag gay relationship goals. Our hope is to bring these relationships to the forefront and give a sense of positivity and perspective to the gay relationship narrative. If you and your partner are interested in becoming our hashtag gay relationship goals, or if there is a queer relationship that you admire and would like to bring to our attention, please reach out to us. Tag us on some of these adorable couples photos on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Our handle is at pod relationship. Tony and I will take a look at these photos and posts and could potentially highlight you and your partner on an episode of the podcast. This week, we are going to highlight a couple and really quickly before I get into that, I just wanted to give because this message is on my heart and I just feel like saying it. I want to give a quick shout out to our good friends, Celia and Kenny. Um, 
I, I just was randomly thinking about Celia and how much I love her. She says she listens to the podcast every single week. Oh. And I was thinking about, I just mentioned Punta Cana and going, and, and I just wanted to say hello to them and tell them that I love them. I love them, too. They're, they're pretty darn wonderful. They're amazing. I'm such a fan. They're um, hysterical. Such, and they're such good people. Such good people. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, this week's hashtag gay relationship goals is a couple, is a, it's a lesbian couple that uh, I just got turned on to that sounds really weird i just found out about them um and they are uh kind of amazing they're like rock stars like they're like really cool um and that is the relationship of kelsey stacy pearson and her uh wife heather mariah pearson um and you can find them on instagram heather's is at heather M-Y-R-I-A-H, last name Pearson. And then again, her wife is Kelsey Stacy Pearson, and that's at Kelsey, K-E-L-S-E-Y, Stacy S-T-A-C-Y, Pearson. Um, I love them. First of all, they're vegans. <laughs> I love it. You know, you're in a room with a vegan or a vegetarian because they will let you know. Um, and I think that that is a wonderful. I'm so fascinated by um, plant diet based people. Mm-hmm. I think that they're so fascinating and, and I, I'm, I'm just really into it. And uh, so I love that that's them. But they are bloggers and um, lifestyle, you know, for lifestyle, fashion, travel and food and beauty and all kinds of other things. Um, but Kelsey is a writer, teacher and adventure seeker, which I wish someone would pay me to be an adventure seeker. <laughs> that would be really, really fun. Um, and then Heather is into fashion and fitness and food and all kinds of other things. And she was a the Knot influencer. So the Knot is like a wedding website um, kind of thing like that helps you make all your plans for your wedding. And apparently she was like so major that she was a influencer for them. Mm. I think it's kind of cool. They recently got married not too long ago, as I've gathered, but they, my God, what a beautiful wedding. Well, can we first of all talk about the Harry Potter proposal? (laughs) Sure, let's do it. Did you see their denim jackets too that have like the Harry Potter um, Thunderbolt on like everything too, which is really I love that they're Harry Potter. (laughs) Like, their life is Harry Potter, and I love it. Go ahead. Yeah, there's a great cute picture of them kissing outside of Hogwarts. I love it. it. No, it just just goes to the whole theme of just them being who they are and being authentically themselves and being, like, just sort of fully realized, um, almost poetic versions of themselves. Like, it's just beautiful to see, like, that much honesty and certainty. Um, And, by the way, their apartment fucking rocks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Jealous. Gel it's a good one. But I love them. I think that they're so adorable. They're just so cute. Um, there is an amazing post that was written uh, a few days ago. Um, and it uh, is just absolutely amazing to me. And it says, four years ago today, I officially met my wife. It was magic. We'd met through Instagram. Heather living in Oklahoma at the time and me in Mississippi. We'd been FaceTiming and texting nonstop for 18 days, yet we already knew there was something real between us. Heather overpacked, as she always does, and drove to meet me for the first time, 
four years feel like a lifetime with everything we've experienced, yet it also feels like it was only yesterday that our stars finally aligned. Heather, you are more than I could have ever asked for, more than I definitely deserve, and my greatest adventure. You're patient, understanding, forgiving, kind, ambitious, gentle, brave, intelligent, beautiful, thoughtful, selfless, faithful, and true. These four years have only been the beginning. I can't wait for 44 plus more. Mm. No amount of time with you will ever be long enough. But let's start with forever. I love you. Happy four-year anniversary. Mm, It's beautiful. How sweet is that? Mm, It's lovely. I absolutely love it. So, um, and that post was uh, written back in like on uh, August 28th, which was amazing. So I just think that they're incredible. And I think they're such a great inspiration and an amazing example of love and like how random it can be and how like when you know you know like that's just how I felt when it was with you remember we were texting and calling and just interacting with one another and it was just like yeah this is it like (laughs) yeah like we're gonna be together and it's just really cool and so I like to see that other people have the same experiences when it comes to like knowing what this love is going to be yeah there is a there is a stunning closeness with these two yeah I really love it. I love it. I'm a huge fan of them. Mm. And I think you all will be as well. So make sure you follow them on Instagram. Um, Again, Kelsey's is at Kelsey Stacy Pearson. And that is on Instagram. And then you can follow Heather. She is at Heather Mariah Pearson. Um, Follow them. They also have a YouTube. So make sure you check that out as well. Um, They also have a blog. These bitches are... I'm sorry. Not bitches. These ladies are doing it. They are just... They're boss bitches, right? There you go. They're boss bitches, and they're just doing it. So I say that with the most love in my heart, just so you ladies know. But they're so great. But follow them. You're going to love them. Um, Like their posts. And uh, tell them the Critelli sent you. We're going to take a break, but we'll be back in just a bit to solve the world's problems. Critelli style. Hey, folks. It's your favorite host, Tony. And Marco. We need to ask a favor. Please stop what you're doing this very moment and head to your favorite podcast directory and rate and review relationship. We know, we know. It's a big ask, but we need your help in getting the word out about the podcast and your reviews are the best ways to make that happen. So if you have two minutes, please go and give us a five-star rating. Then write a review and tell everyone about how much you love our voices. Or how we're your favorite hosts. Or that this really important conversation is helping you along the way. Just a few ideas, you know. In case you get writer's block. (laughs) Anyways, we appreciate your help and thank you for the support. Your participation will only make relationships better. We're going to get back to the show now, but we love all of you. Thanks. So today we're getting mental. (laughs) you're always mental and by that i mean we're talking about mental health so we are uh very strong advocates proponents if you will of mental health and therapy and taking care of your insides right and by insides i mean your your brain Mm -hmm. and all of that good stuff your heart and your spirit yeah 100 as well as your body yeah you um so it's very interesting because i it, and it's a lame ass excuse, but I am a huge advocate of therapy, but I 
have never never been been to therapy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen therapists in like some off scenarios, but like never have I diligently like gone and had scheduled therapy sessions of that nature, Hmm. which is interesting. Well, uh, as someone who works in mental health and has his whole life, uh, I am also a big proponent of it. And I have uh, undergone routine therapy um, because I think that it's very helpful. Um, So when my mother died and then when we were having some issues, um, you know, uh, and I've continued to find it to be extremely helpful. Um, So I am a, a huge advocate of it. Um, I think that it can help. I think if you need medication, um, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there is a huge stigma attached, but the reality is that one in four people suffers from some form of mental illness. Um, And there are even some statistics that show that it's more like one in three has a general mental health issue, whether that's trauma or depression or anxiety um, or some form of mood disorder. Um, It's actually very common. I Yeah, I 100% agree. It's funny because as we spoke about on the uh, Zodiac sign episode, me being the Gemini that I am, I am overly communicative. Mm -hmm. And I find that I'm incredibly cerebral, Mm -hmm. um, which again was something else that was pointed out. But I think because I am always so in my head and I always talk, (laughs) I'm always talking about how I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing, what makes me feel how kind of thing like that I find it's it's not that I don't need therapy but all of those things that I I feel um that uh, I would get in front of a therapist to talk about I already talk about out in the open Mm -hmm. like consistently do something like I don't really keep anything inside right um and so because I don't necessarily keep things inside it's like why am I going to pay a therapist to like talk about something that like I already talked to you about? Like, I like, <laughs> like if I have a problem with you about something, like you're already fully aware of it. Like I don't keep anything inside you and I do a pretty good job of processing things together. Um, or again, because I am cerebral in the way that I am, I end up finding ways to, to, you know, talk myself through a lot of it. Well, therapy is not just for, talking about the things you don't talk about therapy is for like recognizing things that you don't even know are going on. Like you have patterns that I think therapy could help you to tease out. You have unresolved trauma. You have, um, anxiety. You have anxiety. Yeah. You have, you have stuff going on. So, I mean, I definitely think that there's other things that therapy can do to help people. Sure. I'm not denying it. I'm not denying it at all. I don't, I just, I don't know why I haven't pulled the trigger on, being therapized Mm, you might find it very helpful do you have you had experiences with bad therapists like seeing a therapist and it just was not helpful i mean a therapist is a service provider like anyone else people can make a bad cake um people can put on a bad play you know and it's not that it's bad it's that it's just not your aesthetic or it doesn't jive with you so have i met therapists where i've been like oh there's no way that i could do that with you yeah absolutely i've been fortunate in the therapists that i've had were very helpful to me and i was able to connect with but um i think i have a pre-screening process because i know myself so like i know that the type of woman and it has to be a woman i know the type of woman that i would benefit from um and i know like just from looking at someone's picture whether i feel like i could respect them or not and that's actually that's a pisces thing like you just look at somebody and you kind of know right off um and that's always been true for me whether it's friends or therapists or whatever 
Um, so no, I've never had a bad one, but I've met plenty. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of my issue is I'm so, uh, not that I'm like so particular, but like if I'm, I know for me, it would be a series of first dates mm. for me because I'm just uh, like, for me, it's really, really challenging to like, uh, jive with somebody, especially in, in that capacity. There was that one therapist that you and I saw, um, when we were potentially uh, auditioning for a documentary, that documentary, mm-hmm. remember that mm-hmm. therapist? I really liked that yeah, guy. Yeah, he was good. I really enjoyed him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it didn't work out, and then he did end up taking our insurance and and all that good stuff. So that was uh, a missed opportunity. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed him. So it's very it's very interesting. So mm-hmm. yeah, so today we're talking a little bit about uh, mental health and the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, And I wanted to give a couple of statistics to kind of get us underway. Um, The first is LGB adults are more than likely, more than twice as likely as heterosexual adults to experience a mental health condition, which I thought was really interesting. Um, And LGBTQ people are at a higher risk than the general population for suicidal thoughts and suicide attempts. Much higher. Yep. Four much times. At a higher Sometimes risk. even yeah. higher. Yep. Mm-hmm. High school students who identify as lesbian, gay, or bisexual are almost five times as likely to attempt suicide compared to their heterosexual peers. And 48% of all transgender adults report that they have considered suicide in the past 12 months compared to 4% of the overall U.S. population. And I think, of course, we can acknowledge the fact that there are so many reasons as to why all of that happens, right? There are just circumstances that take place, you know, um, not knowing yourself or feeling comfortable within yourself is definitely something that is going to make it super challenging for you to like get uh, to grasp from a cerebral standpoint, right? So Mm -hmm. you end up having all of this inner conflict, which ends up bringing a lot of that on. Uh, bullying, being made fun of, getting kicked out of your home. Like those are all things that can, you know, make you go into a depression. Um, so those are, are things, you know, and that would bring you into a suicide attempt and all of the, that type of stuff too. So um, I'm not, I'm not at all surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to um, talk about a few things from uh, a variety of sources, Mental Health America, um, the National Alliance on Mental Illness and the Trevor Project, who we've mentioned um, before. Um, so just to put things into perspective, because there is a stigma attached to it. There is a sense of feeling alone. Um, and you know, when, and it's, this is a different minority from other minorities. And I can only speak on that from a, um, scholastic standpoint, not an experiential one. Cause I'm a white, uh, cisgender male. Um, but wait, you are, I am, uh, you want to check? Uh, <laughs> ew. Don't say ew, I'm your husband. Um, but, uh, you know, there are, um, there are things that happen. So for example, um, you, uh, you know, when you're black or Hispanic or Asian, um, usually your family is as well. So you're able to have a cohort that you can identify with and process the experiences, often shared experiences, especially when it comes to terms with like, Um, comes in terms of like school and bullying and things that happen there. Um, But when you're gay, odds are your parents aren't. Um, And being able to, for a lot of people, hide this minority, uh, it causes a really specific type of stress and a really specific type of um, 
self-esteem issues mm. um, because you don't have a community typically um, and because you do have to hide it from home. Yeah, and not initially you won't have a community, right? Right, yeah. right. typically. I mean, some people do. Um, some people do have gay parents. Some people do have gay siblings, um, but it's not the norm. Let me ask a question, though. Mm-hmm. You said that you think that therapy within itself is, there's a stigma attached to it. Do you think that that stigma still exists? Definitely. I That's so funny. I don't. I don't know that I'd... I, feel like the mental health conversation is so prominent right now. It is so in your face. Every podcast that I listen to right now has commercials for better health or for uh, for better health, which is like the um, digital therapy or Talkspace, which is the other digital uh, therapy platform. I think people are literally so... I think celebrities are talking about going to therapy and, and seeing their therapist right now. I think everyone has so uh, has been so upfront and honest about their therapy journey that it is not so much a, a stigma anymore. I mm. think it. I think it is a lot more prevalent than it has ever been i think it is a lot more in the forefront i would definitely agree with you there but i would say that and there is still stigma attached to it so a lot of those commercials that you're seeing it's actually because the states have loosened their restrictions on uh, telehealth um, and not because of a change in socially acceptable behavior like seeking mental health services well i i I think it could be a little bit of both yes i don't disagree with that but i also do think that it there is a lot i think a lot more people are talking about it they are which is great i think they need to though i think that the stigma exists with the generation above ours right so like our parents they're not talking about mental health and seeing therapists and stuff like that there's still a stigma attached with them but i think that like our generation and the ones younger than us like they're talking about going to their therapist all the time right now yeah again it's becoming norm more normative and the the stigma is going away but it it definitely still exists like you're going to tell me that you think the black community feels positively about therapy i think the black community is uh, a lot more positive about it than they've ever been i think that there is a huge conversation right now surrounding again i won't say that like my parents right. are, are doing that but i think that like the younger generation like my generation and younger than us yeah everyone's talking about being depressed and the the read like the hosts of the read kid fury and crystal like that's literally like their whole thing like they are pushing people into being uh, a lot more upfront and honest about their therapy journey and they literally get you know listeners writing in every single week talking about their mental health problems and things of that nature so i do i do think the conversation has shifted regarding mental health within the black community within our generations i just think that it's not so much a stigma as it used to be i think mm. Back in the day, it was a huge stigma. Like, you would never want someone to know that you were going to a therapist. Like, it was a huge secret. And now it's like, no, let's just be upfront and honest about it. Yeah, this is my therapy journey, and this is where I'm at. Mm. And what about it? Like, I would, I would just challenge you, if you ever go to therapy and have to wait in the lobby, pay attention to how you feel when someone walks into the lobby. Well, I mean, there's a, there's your own implicit internal bias that's still it's still at play. But I think that exists in the dentist and also at the doctor's office too. Mm, I, I don't think, think it's the same. I think there's a fear. I think that there's like a um uh, there's just like a fear in general of going and seeing a professional and and, and knowing what they're getting ready to 
to tell you um i think that that exists i don't know again i maybe i'm talking completely out of my ass at this point but um i don't i i just don't know that i think that it's as uh stigmatized as it used to be i think that right now it's it's actually a lot more common space to talk about it it's like a lot more common do you believe that gay people have internalized homophobia I do think that gay people have okay. internalized to me it's the same thing like you keep hearing about these things growing up and then it just it stays with you um, and so yes the conversation is changing and yes the generations have differences I think that's always true as each generation improves um, upon the last but um, I, I just I see the level of access uh, that occurs um, I see certain communities like the Asian community or the Orthodox Jewish community that like actually have like hidden entrances to mental health facilities and like there's no windows in their waiting areas because there's a stigma attached to it like I I still see that happening regularly um, and so you know and I see the need being extremely unmet uh, which is why mental health services tend to expand um, because there is this huge need and the access is getting better. People are engaging more, but like we're having to penetrate areas that we didn't have to penetrate before. Like it used to be that your guidance counselor could just provide you the guidance and get you through school. Now there's whole clinics in schools uh, and there are initiatives across the country to actually make that happen because there's unmet need and the need is the children, but it's also actually the families. Um, so I, I just see it going into different venues because it has to. Yeah. And again, I think that that natural access means that it's not as uh, stigmatized as it used to be. Again, I think that part of the problem is you have to get the parents used to the idea of making it normal within their homes because the parents grew up at a time where it was so stigmatized. Right. So they find that they need to create all of these um secret ways and 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 scenarios to make it happen you know it was no different than teenage pregnancy back in the 50s right you just shipped your daughter off to a a family member that lived across the country and then brought her back 10 months later when she was all well and good and everything of that nature like the times have changed now teenage pregnancy and that type of stuff is not as abnormal it's not abnormal some people are going into therapy as early as like 10 years old 12 years old you know families are getting divorces and then immediately putting their children in therapy because of it, because they want to make sure that they create some sort of normalcy and give them the opportunity to like talk about it. So like, I think that was my first experience with therapy when I was a kid was the school actually mandated it. Yeah, I th- and, and I think that those things are at play now. So the, the therapy conversation is not so foreign anymore. It's just not as... Um, and again, you're going to have resistance somewhere. Yes, the Orthodox community within themselves have resistance about just everything because anything that is outside of their bubble of culture within itself is just so foreign to them in general. So yes, there are going to be ways that they work around it that is a little bit different. But I just think in general, it's not as stigmatized as it used to be. I do think that there's like an element of like normalcy to it that's like yeah 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 i have a therapist (laughs) yeah sorry i just got out of my therapist well i think for the purposes of this conversation i think it's just important to know that lots of people engage with these services and they are better for them um and that you should not hesitate to access them yourself when you need them 
Absolutely. I think that's the important part. Absolutely. So just a couple of um, things. So in our community, um, you know, somewhere between 40 to 65% of transgendered individuals experience suicidal ideation. That number is huge um, and it really quite terrible. Um, about 30% of LGBT uh, individuals abuse substances compared to about 9% of the general population. And 25% um, abuse alcohol compared to about 10% of the general population. Um, so we talked about this before about like how there's depression, how there is, um, the stigma, how there's internalized homophobia, how there is, we actually talked about like the medical access issue, right? Um, and so it's easy to turn to substances as coping mechanisms. Um, and that is really pervasive in our community. It's also quite normalized because the most common place to get around people in your community is in gay bars and bars have alcohol. Um, so it's easy to understand like where that might come Gotta from. Gotta love the local watering hole. <laughs> um, so, um, the National Alliance uh, on Mental Illness, um, really great informational and advocacy and educational group. They actually have specialized training on LGBT, um, issues, uh, LGBTQ issues, um, and they have a variety of associations that you can look up, uh, in your area, whether you want to, um, uh, volunteer or you want to take one of their classes which are typically free um, or if you want to bring some of their training into your work um, they're really a wonderful resource they also have a um, socialized uh, socialization uh, aspect to them so if there's things that you want to do um, to be in your community whether it's related to mental health or not um, they're really a fantastic resource and there's usually a ton of chapters throughout uh, most cities yeah. And if you uh, do find that you need help in a crisis, like you're in a crisis and, and you need help from them, you can text NAMI, N-A-M-I, to 741-741, and they will definitely um, get you some help in some capacity, which is always great. Yeah, they're wonderful. Um, another really great resource, uh, which we've mentioned before, is the, is the Trevor Project. Um, and we talked about some of the statistics already um, that they um, presented. So we're not going to get into those again. But um, LGBTQ youth uh, have a much higher suicide rate than than the average population. Um, and, um, you know, it's a it's just a terrible problem. And so the Trevor Project is great because it's 24 seven, 365 uh, help. Um, from uh, volunteers across the country that can walk you through whatever process you're going through. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, if you really need it, um, you know, if it's a real crisis and none of that's going to work, you should always call 911 and get um, professional, immediate, real-life help from your local provider. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, what is what is your uh, experience? Did you ever... Um, did you ever have to reach out to, uh, whether it was a professional or an adult um, or just someone you trusted, did you ever have to reach out in a crisis? No. No, I've been fortunate. Um, uh, I, I've, I've been fortunate that my uh, m- mental health, even through everything, through you know, coming out through, you know, breakups through all of that stuff has been fairly uh, grounded, if you will. Like mm. it, it's been it's been pretty accessible. I've had a, a pretty good community of like friends uh, and things of that nature, but I've never felt I've never personally felt in crisis at all. Mm. I've, I've never had those thoughts. I, I understand that they are 
present and that they can exist. I'm, I'm not ignorant to that by any means, but it's just, it just has not been my experience. Why do you think that is? I, I have a very fortunate upbringing. Um, I have a very fortunate upbringing. I, you know, I have a mother and a father that have been together for, you know, over, you know, 35 years at this point. Um, You know, my brother and my sister are very supportive and, and loving. And so through all of those things, like there have been rough times. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying everything has been like picture perfect and idyllic. Like we don't live in Pleasantville, but I will say that. I've always had uh, a support system in some capacity. Like I've always, like everyone loves me, has has been great and has taken care of me. I also find that I've been very, not, not that the opposite of this is weak-minded, but I, f- I find that I have a very sh- strong mind mm. and sense of self already that took me a really long, it, it, it took me some time to, to come develop. up to mm-hmm. develop, but I like, I, I know who I am and I know and understand that, you know, there are going to be uh, quote unquote haters in whatever <laughs> direction, if you will. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I know who I am and, and I, I just don't live my life for other people. Uh, so if it doesn't work out for other people or if people have opinions about it, they just don't have to participate in my life. And I'm completely okay with that. <laughs> It's definitely a skill worth developing. Yeah. It, and I've just never been overly affected by the opinions of others. Mm. Um, I just, I do what I do and I live my life how I want to live my life. And I'm just not necessarily caught up in how other people perceive it, what they have to say about it, if they care or not about it. It just is not something that has bothered me. Mm. So because that hasn't ever been my situation, I've just done what I do and and leave it at that so there's been no um I I I, you know I'm not I there hasn't been a sadness that's Hmm. crept over me I haven't experienced depression in that way or anything of that nature just by those things and like I said I've been very very fortunate because that's not that's not the the majority of the people's stories Hmm. um and and I know and understand that and and I feel really really privileged and and blessed behind that because like I said I know that's not everyone's story no not even close to everyone's story but but I think it does illustrate the skills that one could work on and build in order to move out of um just different like for me like I've always lived with depression like it's just been Mm -hmm. it's been my experience since I was very young I always wanted the blinds closed I could sleep you know for extremely long periods of time picking up the phone you know it weighed like 500 pounds you know um, like that's just always been uh, a thing for me and I know part of what helped me to come out the other side of that and to live with it because I I do live with it it's not gone uh, by any means Um, but part of what helped me to get through that was one, just understanding like my own emotions, like you said, just kind of building a stronger mind. Um, and then also getting help when I needed it. Um, and, um, building my community, I think was extremely important for me. So finding more people. And what's interesting is the majority of my community is not gay. Um, that's not what I needed. Um, I do have some gay friends, but the majority of my community is just like people whose minds and spirits were like mine not their sexuality um and i found that that was what i needed more than anything not that i 
don't cherish my gay friends because I do. And I definitely needed them, especially the first ones that I made Mm -hmm. um, that I have a very long lasting um, relationship with. But the majority of my friends who helped me through this were not, it was not their experience. Um, They were not gay. Um, So don't, I say that not to discourage you from making friends with gay people because you need them. Uh, But I'm just saying don't, just because there isn't someone else who's gay immediately around you, um, one, don't assume that that's true just because you can't see them um, because we talked about how it can be the hidden um, minority. Uh, But two, don't think that that's the only way you can fill your cup. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of ways that you can do it through just various activities that um, are meaningful to you. They don't have to be what everybody else is doing. Um, And now with the Internet, like being alone is totally a choice um, because you can connect to your community in a million different ways. Well, and and again, I would also encourage you to seek uh, uh, asylum in in. You know, sometimes it may not be your mother and your father, you know, like maybe they're not the people, but it's your grandmother. Mm. You know, sometimes it may not be your brother and your sister. It's your cousin, you know, I um, and, you know, sometimes it may not be your family at all. Sometimes it's your like really, really close friends. Like you just never you want to make sure that you have the ability to 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 call on someone in some capacity because that's really important within itself and 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 again I was just very fortunate you know I had my, my you know my mother my father my brother my sister everybody was was pretty good uh again I'm not saying that it was like you know rolling out the rainbow carpet and and you know everybody was like amazing behind it that wasn't necessarily my story but at the same time it was nowhere near as tough as uh, some other people's story. That's why, you know, RuPaul and Michelle always say it. Even Dan Savage says it like if you're going to come out and things like that and you think that you're going to be in danger or that your family is going to say like give your like wait until you can do it in a safe way. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you know, your parents are going to potentially kick you out, like don't come out yet (laughs) you know wait till you can be independent and or on your own to come out because it's just not necessary to create that element uh of of hardship on yourself Mm -hmm. if if you don't have to um and and that makes sense to me i I get that i 100 percent understand that um but you know and that was my thing is i was like more than independent when all of that nonsense like started happening but i also again had a really great support system because i had my loving cousin melissa who was like there i could have turned to her whenever i needed to i had really best friends gloria and teal and bobby like i had everyone there that was just a part of my life and it just made it so much easier Mm. it was a lot more pillowy for me to like have to go through all that like I didn't have to stress all that stuff and then like I said I have a pretty strong sense of self so for me it wasn't challenging to like know my self-worth and know that my self-worth was not defined by a person's opinion of me I knew who I was and I knew that these little elements like the depression and all that stuff like that those things don't like I, I wouldn't even give them the opportunity to come about because I was like no like I'm I'm not weighed down Hmm. by all this other stuff like i'm just not weighed down by a person's opinion i I just don't care so i i just didn't and and i think i'm better for it but that doesn't mean that i don't have anxiety or or anything of that nature i just try not to let it (laughs) weigh me down (laughs) and i mean let that please let that be uh 
known because I because yeah I, I do know that I'm obsessive compulsive and I have a little bit of anxiety and I'm completely neurotic and you know I have all of those things I know that those <laughs> things exist I 100% know and understand very them. kind of you to share with our listeners yeah <laughs> and 100% true <laughs> yeah, yeah I, like I said it's not all you know roses and uh gold over here mm. I, it's definitely it's not unicorn farts as I like to say it's definitely not um I think the the, the takeaway message here is that everyone's experience is unique. It is to uh, varying degrees of intensity, uh, varying degrees of success. Um, it is an ongoing, lifelong journey, um, and that it is always good to get help along the way, whether that is from a friend or a trained professional. And there's nothing wrong with needing other people. Apparently, you just shouldn't care what they think. No. <laughs> I, I like. I like my brother likes to say like you can't shit what I eat <laughs> so at the end of the day I ain't getting ready to feed you mm. so like you know I just it's just not something I can do so um, yeah once you can get a really good grasp of that then I think you'll be able to help yourself out a little bit agreed and if you need anything you know there will be resources in our liner notes and you know you can always write to us absolutely we're going to take a short break but we'll be back in just a bit Hello, listeners. As you may have heard, Tony and I have a weekly after show on IGTV called Relationship. <laughs> Get it? Relationship? Relationship? <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Every week, Marco and I will talk about the podcast topic, the things we learned, and the way to use it in our relationship day to day. Yep. Our goal is to put a face to the topics and our message as well as give you some extra relationship content and guidance. So make sure you're following us on Instagram. We are at Pod Relationship. And tune in every Wednesday. After you've listened to the episode. <laughs> yes, on IGTV for our weekly after show, Relationship. Comment, like it, tell your friends. All support is greatly appreciated. We look forward to having you see us there. <laughs> Bye. All right, now it's time for our listener situations. That's right. Send your relationship situations or comments to relationshipquestions at gmail.com. Tony and I will read your emails here on the show and do our best to give some guidance because please don't sell my style. I might cuss you out. What you doing now? I did for a while. Missy, missy, missy. Go ahead, let it slap. I'ma snatch their wigs till I see the scalp. Booty, booty, booty clouds flying across the map. Lambo on the block, looking like a snack. I show you how I do it, show you how it's done. Don't look for another Missy, because there'll never be another one. I totally messed that up, but whatever. <laughs> Throw it back. Throw it back. Throw it back. Throw it back. Watch me. Throw it back. Throw it back. Throw it back. Throw it back. If this was a fish, I would throw it back. <laughs> wow. I was waiting for you. <laughs> the caucasity. Oh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> As in with the Missy song like that. My oh, God. I know. The caucasity. Of the caucasity. So we're just going to skim right over that and go into the emails. I like that idea. 
Hello, Critellis. Hi. My name is Susan, and my girlfriend is Shelly. We've been together for three years, live together, and are very much in love in a small town in Michigan. We'd like to get together. We'd like to go into business together. We have a great idea and plenty of capital and enough in savings to get us through two years before the business takes off. But our questions are, can we spend all day together every day? Can we fight about our relationship but be professional at the office? How do we provide constructive criticism at work without attacking each other personally? We both want to do this, but where and how do we draw the line? Interesting. I will say don't do it. No! Will you? No, I'm just kidding. Go on. (laughs) I mean, look, there's pluses and minuses to going into business with your lover. Um, I was somewhat joking, but at the same time, I really think that you should pay attention to those things. Like, I love my husband, and I really enjoy being with him, and I have a good time with him. Um, We're great together. We are really good, uh, you know, when we're doing things socially. Like, we have a really, really good time being in business with you and, like, doing this whole, like, podcasting thing and actually having, like, a full project together has definitely put, in my personal opinion, a strain on certain parts of our relationship. Sure, There are certain aspects about things that, like, the way that you work or... um, the way that you need information uh, that is completely contradictory to the way that I work or how I do things. And it's, uh, and it's super uh, frustrating. And so there are times where, you know how you like used to do those group projects with people? Right. And there's always like that one person that like never does any of the work. So you end up finding yourself like doing the majority of their work. Like there are times where I feel that way. Mm. Um, there are times where it's like super frustrating and and you know I would be lying if I said that those times do not spill over into how I feel about you some like outside of the project sometimes mm-hmm. um so I think that in whatever capacity you now look I'm like I said I'm speaking from my own experience so I don't necessarily know that that is like the consistent or the way that it works for everybody there are lots of people couples that are in business with one another that like are beyond successful and like have a really good time and really enjoy one another. Um, But what I will say is that in my personal opinion, what needs to happen is you have to find ways to like do things and not cross paths. So then that way, when each other is not invading each other's space or ability to work effectively. So like if you are the creative person and so you're the one, let's say you're opening up a cupcakery because I like saying cupcakery, <laughs> like maybe you're the creative person, right? So you're the person that is going to like make the cupcakes and do everything related to like what the production of the cupcakes looks like and what the menu is going to look like and how all of that stuff is going to work. And your partner is like the business person. So they're going to manage the books. They're going to take care of, you know, the lease rental. They're going to make sure <laughs> that all the bills get paid. They're going to like help out with all of that stuff. Maybe they're, maybe they're 
talking to the contractors, but like, you know, I'm making sure that they're on time and on schedule, but like you're the person that's planned out what you want it to look like so it can be functional and work the way that you want it to work. And I think that's the best way to go about doing it. So then each other is not invading each other's space. But if both of you are like cupcake designing, you guys are going to end up having problems. And that's going to be like because there's too many chefs in the kitchen, pun intended. Um, But that's my personal opinion. I don't know. I mean, I would I would 100% agree with you. I think that like going into it with an understanding of who's good at what and like how the duties will be split and you're going to do this, I'm going to do that. This is where I'm strong. This is where you're weak. This is where I'm weak. This is where you're strong. Like and even maybe in a written way, um, just to really sort of delineate uh, who's going to do what in this process. And then I think just talk to your partner about like when does work begin and when does it end? And when does the relationship begin and when does the relationship end? Because working together is completely separate. And yes, those things are going to feed you into each other. And like you're not a robot. You can't like cut it off completely. But I think just working at um, creating boundaries would be super helpful. Absolutely. It's 100% necessary. And I think that that's the thing. And like I said, I'm not here to say that like it's like not 100% possible for both to like work together. Like I said, there are a lot of really su- super successful um, you know, husband, wife, or, you know, two gay husbands, or, you know, kind of uh, businesses that are out there that are doing really, really well, and have found a way to make it work. And, and I would 100% uh, look to them uh, for inspiration, and maybe some ideas on how to go about doing it. But I will say, and you and I haven't quite figured it out with this project in particular, like, I don't know that we've figured out to what level your 100% contribution is Mm -hmm. within this project, right? I think, you know, I was the idea, I was the putting together, you're definitely 100% an amazing co-host, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that that works really well. But I don't know that there's like any, um, like, we haven't figured out where you're like, super shining i will say that you've been really good on the events level lately Mm. like finding events and like figuring out places for us to go um for for those things because i don't necessarily have time to be able to do like that research and so that's been cool so i don't i don't know but we haven't figured that out but again i will say that one of the things that has been really challenging for us is that i think that some of the uh, failures in the partnership for the podcast have bled over into feelings and or thoughts about performance sure. and the relationship. And that is real sticky, like in terms of it, you know, I, I'm I'm going to be 100% transparent and say that like, you know, a, a lack of participation in the podcast has led me to believe that like you're less than a partner in the relationship. And I laugh about it because it sounds so silly, like coming out of my mouth, but it's not fair, right? Like those things are not fair. Um, and so where do you to your point, turn off the the work and turn on the relationship and how do you properly separate those two things um, so that the relationship and the business can coexist and neither is so beyond affected that like you guys end up hating going to work with each other. You hate going back home with each other. 
It's really challenging. It's definitely a challenge. You need some clear boundaries. Yeah, it's really, really tough. But I would 100% love to hear about what business you guys come up with. And if there's ever an opportunity for us to, um, I don't know, give you all some uh, shout outs or anything of that nature, then definitely let us know. Um, I'm going to read our second one. Ooh, Um, change of pace. Yeah, I like it. It's fun. Um, So this one says, uh, hello from Houston. Love the show. My partner and I broke up a week ago and I'm devastated. Before I get to my question, I need to give you a little context. Just a year ago, he was engaged to the person that he had dated for 11 years. The engagement was ended because his fiance cheated on him. A year later, we started dating. We've been together for seven months. Last week, he told me that he wanted to break up because he's super stressed and his mental health hasn't been the best. And he said he may need to explore being with other people because he never had the opportunity to date around after his engagement ended. In the weeks leading up to the breakup, we had several fights because he kept saying that he was afraid that at any moment he would walk away from the relationship. I've been devastated ever since the breakup cause ever since the breakup cause I think I would spend my life with him. Last night, I asked my friends to go out clubbing to help me feel better, and I was miserable the whole time. They keep trying to make me feel better, and nothing is helping. My question is, what's the best way to get over a breakup, and do you think I was just a rebound? Please help. Thanks. Heartbroken in Houston. Mm. Interesting. Um, I'll let you start this one. I don't think you were just a rebound, but I do think that you helped uh, him to reach a brick wall and he hit it and he hit it hard and he made it very loud and clear what was happening after he hit it. And you have to take that at face value. Are these all euphemisms? No. Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, this guy uh, went through a lot, had a lot happen. Understandable. It's difficult. You thought it was something that it, it probably was, but now it isn't. Um, and so how to get over him, like, just accept what is, you know, he's made it clear what's going on, where, uh, he's comfortable, not comfortable. Like you have hit an impasse with this person. Does that mean you can't return at some point later? Of course not. But that's not what you need to focus on right now. What you need to focus on is you, the friends that tried to take you out that you couldn't have a good time with the next steps for you to kind of move along. Um, you have to mourn this, of course, of course, you absolutely have to mourn this. Um, you just also have to like pick yourself up and keep moving. Like, that's great that you were together almost a year. It's only a year. You'll get over it. You'll move on to someone else. You'll have an even longer relationship. Like, that's great that you thought you could be with this person forever. Is this the first time you felt that? Because that's what I'm sensing is that this is the first time you felt that. So you don't understand that you could feel that way about many different people. And the fact that this didn't work out, like, that's okay. It's the first of many. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is no such thing as perfect. And I also don't believe in right timing. Um, I just think that this didn't work out because it's not supposed to work out. And that's okay. It taught you things. You should focus on those things. You should draw that strength. You should use it to help other people. Um, and you should move on. Hmm. There's, it's so funny. So the question, what the first question was, do you think I was a rebound? Um, I think that there, it should be another word for like, 
well, I don't know. I thought about it for a second. Like, you know how when you go to a concert, there's always an opening act? Mm. I think that you were an opening act. And I know that that probably sounds super... On a comeback tour. On, ooh. Well, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I'm, yeah, it sounds messy. And, it's, and, and that's probably, like, the last thing you want to hear. But, like, you've got to understand that, like, the people that came to that show were not necessarily there for you. They were there for the main event. They were there for the headliner. Mm. And it's completely okay. Like, I think that he was out of the game for such a long time. And he literally thought he was going to spend the, his life with the partner that he was engaged to for an extended period of time his heart got broken because he was cheated on and now he's just going out there and trying to figure out who the hell he is in this new world when he was under the impression that he wasn't going to have to date anybody again for the rest of his life because he was going to be married and happy so you came along and he probably really enjoys you but you probably put a band-aid on a gunshot wound right and that was and and that sounds awful, but at the end of the day is like you were not going to fix anything. You were not going to fix anything because everything was already broken and you were trying to put it together with super glue. And it and it just wasn't I'm using so many metaphors right now. So but, many. But like <laughs> um but you you were just not going you were just not capable because he is like broken and there are pieces of the entire I don't know, puzzle, if you will, or the glass that are gone at this point. And you're like working with not a full picture at this point. And so you have to just come to that realization. So it is really sad and unfortunate. And I'm sure you are hurting beyond human comprehension. And for that, I am so sorry because breakups fucking suck. Um, by the way, we did an episode about breaking up. You should definitely listen to it mm-hmm. because there are some really, really great tips that might help you. Uh, and everything that could definitely help along the way. Um, but at the end of the day, I think you just need to come to the realization that like this is it is your next question. Like, how do you get over a breakup? You just do. Mm. You just do. You got to give yourself some time. You got to give yourself the things that you want and that you need to be able to heal, whether that means like going out with friends and partying and having a really, really good time and trying to get over him the best way that you possibly can go for that. Whether that means, you know, um, diving into other hobbies and things that you used to love that necessarily didn't have the time to do when you were dating one another, like go back into all of that, have a good time with that, see what that looks like. Um, or if it means, you know, just taking time and taking a break and going somewhere, going back home, visiting your family, like just kind of disconnecting and like reconnecting with yourself, like do that as well. But do not spend so much time thinking about or wasting your time on this person because right now it sounds like he really needs his space right he needs his space and you need to be respectful of the fact that he needs his space because his mind is all jumbled up his heart is all crushed and not fixed and you were never going to be the solution you were just never going to be the solution you literally found him when he was broken you got to understand that now you nursed him back to health and he kind of needs to go run like for a little bit and figure out what's going on. And if he comes back to you, then absolutely wonderful. 
good for you guys. It's going to be a great story to tell your adopted children or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to let him go. You have to let him do what he needs to do um, because you were never you were he was never yours to begin with. He was always still caught up in that nonsense of his ex relationship. Well, and I think the thing to take away too is that you were his. Like he wasn't yours, but you were his. And good for you for being vulnerable enough and for putting yourself out there and letting yourself do that. Now, as hard as it is, pick up the pieces, heal, reassemble that person, let them evolve, and then go do it again. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Go ahead. There you go. On to the next one. All right. The next one is, hi, guys. My name is James, and I live in Connecticut with my husband of 12 years, Philip. We've been through a lifetime of experiences together, and I would stick with him through anything, except maybe this. We are both professionals and have been working very hard at our jobs for several years now. Recently, we both got promotions rapidly after one another and have been working harder and harder than ever before. We've been exhausted. Recently at a party, a friend introduced us to methamphetamines, and when we went home, we couldn't sleep and got so much accomplished for our jobs that we were genuinely impressed. I quickly realized the dangers of this practice, but unfortunately, Philip didn't. Now he's using regularly and doesn't think he has a problem. He won't stop, and he's sleeping less. I don't know what to do. I've told him that this drug is destroying our relationship, but all he sees is how far he's getting at work. I don't know what to do. Please help us. Mm. I don't know that I am licensed to answer this question. <laughs> That's a tough one. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really hard. I mean, I have I have seen this um, many times before. I, I understand the appeal and the allure, and I get the justification of, you know, this isn't affecting us, and it's fine, and I can control it, and I can stop at any time, and, you know, it's just a really difficult time, but when this passes or that thing happens, you know, like, I get it. I totally get it, but it's also classic, unfortunately, at, at this point. Hmm. Um, so, you know, my question to you is... Um, you know, you said that you've tried to talk to him about this and you've said it's destroying your relationship. What are the actual natural consequences that you have provided? So you both sound like you are um, working, which means you probably have insurance, which means you probably can have some sort of intervention, rehabilitation, detox, right? And before you go do that, before you blow up his profession before you blow up his career before you blow up his job and his family and his friend network like try my advice would be try just once to have a conversation to say i feel like i'm at the end of my rope i feel like i've done everything i can you seem to understand at least on some level the severity of this issue but you're not actually doing anything to change it so here's what i'm proposing to do whether that is rehab or getting the family involved or harm reduction or, um, you know, whatever it is to take steps together. Um, and that's the important thing uh, is to realize that you are still in this together um, and now you're going through this part of it together. And this part is hard. This part is dark and challenging and um, can feel very one-sided. Uh, but I would say give one last effort to try and figure out how to do it together before you make a decision that is unfortunately often unilateral 
um, and may not lead to the best. Um, it, it may not lead to you two still being together. And I really hate to say that, but drugs are a terrible thing that bring out the weakest and the worst in us. Um, and you should fight for each other and do everything you can to stay together. But you should also be prepared to not be together anymore because of this. And I don't think that's what's going on here. I really don't. I feel like this is, uh, you know, a, a sort of a taste of, um, you know, the nectar of the gods that is like creating all these great outcomes for you. I think you just need to pull your husband back into the reality of, hard work and long nights and getting sleep and catching up where you can and having fun where you can and not having this drug like you know i don't know how long it's been you just said recently but i don't know how long it's been since this has been introduced into your life but i think you can both recover from this so i think you have a lot of options i think there are a lot of hotlines you can call i think your insurance like i said has a lot of information um and i think you have choices i would just try to have one less private conversation with your husband to um maintain the dignity uh that he still has before you go seeking options outside of that yeah. I mean, I would probably, I love that idea because, like I said, I don't know that I feel qualified enough to answer this question. But, oh, I'm not either. Um, but one of the things that I would probably do is I would plan a vacation somewhere and I would get away, just the two of you, for a little bit of time. And I would try to have the, uh, the conversation there. Um, realistically, traveling and not having the stresses of work and the obligation to like, work late and do a lot of intense things or anything like that will like easily melt away and I would bring that to his attention and say like we could feel like this all the time um this could be normal but the situation at work is not gonna go away and 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 I totally understand that but your drug abuse kind of needs to because it's harmful and the consistent use is definitely not something uh, that I am prepared to deal with. So we need to figure something out. Uh, my get, my goal is to be able to, uh, you know, f- uh, figure out a way that you're most, most comfortable with, whether that means delegation, whether that means stepping down from this position, you know, whether that means, you know, you going, to, uh, rehab is, is a big deal, but, uh, you know, and, and kind well, of a huge detox commitment. at least at least detoxing and stuff like that but whatever it is it needs to happen you know money is not more important than your health Mm -hmm. and he needs to know and understand that i think all that i think that what happens oftentimes is and, and i know that you've expressed this at certain points in time but you there's so much pressure to feel like you need to um take care of the house right Mm. there's so much pressure to feel like you need to be the person that's doing things and and then sometimes like you know let's be honest in a male male uh, relationship sometimes there's a teeny bit of competition right Mm -hmm. so if you're successful in doing well in your position then he needs to be successful in doing well and he needs to keep up and and all of these other things and so i think it would be really important to help stress like look like this stuff is great but this stuff is not necessary like you are the important part of this equation and so i don't need I don't need, you know, these cars. If we need to downgrade and get, you know, more affordable cars because you're going to take a lesser position that is going to give you less stress, Mm -hmm. then I'm definitely okay with that. If that means we need to move into a smaller house, if that means we need to get rid of these, you know, these things, if that means that we need to donate clothes and all this other stuff like that, like I'm fine with that. But um, I don't need you to keep doing this 
for me. Like, that's not what needs to happen. It doesn't need to happen for me. And I'm almost certain it doesn't need to happen for you. So what can we do to, like, get rid of that? And I think that that's super important. That's a very good point. I would just say um, be careful with the weekend getaway. Um, Depending on how long he's been on these drugs, you don't want him going through withdrawal uh, without medical care being nearby. And without understanding your safety, um, you know, there may be some concerns there, too. Uh, so just something to keep in mind. Hmm. Interesting. So I'm going to read the very last one. Um, this one says, hi guys, I love the show. My name is Jason and I wanted to get some perspective on something I'm dealing with. I've been seeing this guy and it's been going really well. We really like each other. While we never set any boundaries for each other, I'm wondering if I'm right in being upset that I found out this guy had sex with someone else despite him telling me he wanted to take things slow with me. The only reason I found out is because the guy I like got an STI from this person. Oh, my gosh. And put me at risk and what he had to tell me. Uh, I'm sorry. And put me at risk and he had to tell me. There we go. We aren't official or exclusive, but I still feel as though he was wrong to do that. I have been super clear that I was looking for a relationship and I'm simply supremely bothered that he messed around with someone else, but also put me at risk in the process. I'm trying to figure out how to address this, but I struggle to gather my thoughts because I'm quite upset about it. Your thoughts would be greatly appreciated. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. First of all, fuck that dude. Um, Oh, actually, (laughs) Joe, he he has an STI. (laughs) Um, That's crazy. Um, It's so weird. And, and, you know, I... uh, I think you and I were talking about this the other day, but like we are in this super weird, like I cannot even begin to know and or understand this dating environment at this point because um, I, I like you and I, when we like met each other and we like talked to each other and we like, it was like quick. It was like, yeah, like this is moving in the direction of us dating and there's like no two ways about it. Like, this is where we're at. This is what's going to happen. Done. Right. Like that mm-hmm. was kind of like our thing. And it was like one conversation. Like we didn't have to have multiple ones. Like there was nothing about it. Um, I don't know that I understand these people these days that are so like, oh, yeah, we're just like talking. We're like getting to know one another. There's no exclusivity. And like, you know, for the next four months, we're just kind of seeing each other. But there's like nothing like we're not exclusive. You can do your thing. I'll do my thing. But like, I'm just going to like make a decision. I think that that is fucking fucked up. And I just don't know. (laughs) I don't know that I understand that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I I, I don't know what this person's story is or like what is preventing them from, you know, biting the bullet and like, dating you and like figuring it out like fully and like making that happen but like that's so like that's so if you guys like each other then like what the like what else is there other than like knowing that each other is in each other's orbit right Mm. like that you guys are like gonna date one another so i think that that's super frustrating that he would go elsewhere and start sleeping with somebody else and then furthermore putting you at risk because he needed to get a little nookie nookie new new or whatever it is (laughs) (laughs) shout out to bobby adler (laughs) off of (laughs) off of uh will and grace but i think that that's just weird um 
And so, I mean, I, I don't know how your feelings are, but this just doesn't seem like somebody who kind of respects you and what you or have themselves going, or themselves or what you have going on or what you're looking for. So I would pull back. Like, I would just say, you know what, by all means, go figure out what it is that you want. And uh, you can come back to me if you decide you want to. But I can't make any promises that I'm going to be ready to receive you. <laughs> pun intended uh when it comes time so i don't i don't know maybe that's just me i would i would like to take this a few lines at a time um and respond to each of those so we never set any boundaries for each other and eh, stopping right there like why not so if you didn't set any boundaries then you can't have any expectations well I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you really quickly. It doesn't say how long they've been, like, seeing one another. And I don't know that the boundaries conversation needs to happen so early. um, Because that is kind of freaking. You are still trying to figure each other out, right? And I'm not opposed to the idea of having, like, 10 dates and 10 interactions with one another before you decide to, like, fully figure it out. But I don't... I personally don't know that I believe that like a boundaries conversation needs to happen like no so and I'm quickly. not and I'm not pushing that what I'm saying is you haven't had that conversation so you have no boundaries because you have not agreed upon any that's on, number one on the flip side I will say though is it I, I don't know I don't I don't know anyways continue so to continue that same sentence he says um, I'm wondering if I'm right in being upset. And I'm going to pause there. Under no circumstances are you not um, right in being upset. Yeah, you should definitely. There, there are no, even if you had set boundaries, your feelings are completely okay. They are completely okay. You need to feel through them and then you need to think through them, but they're completely okay. And those dichotomous things can exist at the same time. We didn't set any boundaries, but I feel a certain way. You know what? That's okay. Both of those things are okay. Hmm. It's just important to understand that you're feeling a certain way, so you need to feel through that, and then you didn't set any boundaries, so you need to think through that, is my opinion. This is my opinion. Um, He wanted to take things slow with me, but he had sex with someone else. He just clearly communicated to you exactly where he's at. You frighten me, so I have to push you away this other person doesn't frighten me so i can have sex with them that's what that tells me and it's not the best healthiest thing it's not great to hear it can be really fucking hard to hear um but there are times when we just need physical validation we just need to like get out of our head and have sex there are times when people are just hot like there's lots of reasons to have sex with someone there's lots of reasons um, and if we're trying to regrow ourselves, if we're trying to, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what this person's hesitation is with you, but my sense is that they're hesitating because you are what they want, not what they don't want. And so you're triggering them. Um, and so to act out, whether that is in a sexual way or some other way, is not surprising to me. Um, but they want to take things slow with you because you are the real deal. That's that's my feeling. That's mm. how I that's how I feel like. Um, so you found out that um, that he had this sex. He got an STI, um, and 
you aren't official, but you feel as though he was wrong to do that. Again, you didn't have any boundaries, but your feelings are valid. Those two things can exist at the same time. Um, you're trying to figure out how to address this. There's no right reason. There's no right way to address this. You two need to have a conversation. You need to not make a decision. You need to feel and then think your way through it. Um, and then you need to see where things are at. Uh, this guy sounds like, um, he sounds like he is okay with doing things and you're getting really upset about things. That's, that's what I'm getting from this, um, email. And again, I think that's actually a really clear communication. Even if, the, if this person can't say it directly to you is I need to do what I need to do and I appreciate you, but I'm not at where you're at. And I think that's what's going on right here. What's the saying? And I think Maya Angelou said it is like when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Yes, exactly. You know, and I think that this exactly like this scenario right here just shows you exactly who they are. Not necessarily that they would end up doing this if you guys were in a relationship. I'm not saying that there's a promiscuous person, but like dating them is just probably not the smartest idea. Um, Because it sounds like they just have no idea where their head's at. Um, And they may be totally justified in that. And that's completely okay. But but that's where they're at. Yeah. So, and you just need to believe them in this scenario. And it sucks. And I'm sure it's heartbreaking. And, you know, kudos to you for trying and, you know, putting yourself out there to, like, try to find somebody that you dated. last person, try again. Yeah. It's going to, you know, these things suck. And it's not going to be right the first time, every time, ever. Um, But you do have the opportunity to continue trying. And and that (laughs) is special. Um, And I love that. Sorry, we have a barking dog these days. Um, He's a nut job. Uh, But we love him. Well, and I will say, too, that what I hear in this is, and I'm imagining this in my head, but, like, it's one of those conversations where, like, this is where I'm at, and uh, I understand if, um, you know, you're not there, and if you meet someone, uh, that's okay, don't wait for me. And, again, I think that's one of those things that just tells you, like, this is exactly where I am. Well, yeah, there's, I mean, that's a lot, there's a lot of assumptions. No, 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 there is. There is, but I'm just saying, I can hear this conversation in my head, and it's like, that tells you something. That's very telling of where the person is. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact, I think, just from the facts of the letter, like, we need to come to the realization that the, it's very telling the fact that he likes you, and uh enjoys you and wants to take things slowly with you but then like went off and slept with somebody else like that is more telling than anything else exactly um and so you just have to come to the realization of how that makes you feel and if you're bothered by that then i think you have your answer (laughs) and you just need to like do what you need to do to feel better about the situation so um that in my personal opinion that's the beginning and end of that I think we solved the world's problems. How do you feel about it? I mean, I think we attempted it. Critelli style. Yeah. <laughs> Great sound effects. Thank you. I appreciate that. I it- made them with my mouth. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, any hoosies, we are going to take a short break, but we will definitely be back in just a bit. Toodaloo. Hello, everyone. 
It's your favorite hosts, Marco and Tony, with a quick shameless plug. Yep, make sure you're following us on Instagram. We are at the Critellis. That is C R I T E L L I S. If you can't get enough of us or you want some extra Critelli content, just check us out on Instagram. We are at the Critellis. We'll see you there. Now, let's get back to the show. Well, I guess that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of this really important conversation. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod Relationship. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us and tell at least one of your friends. Assuming you have any. <gasps> you can also email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com if you have any situations or comments that you'd like us to address here on the show. That was so bad. I think I have to do a Grace Adler gasp. <gasps> It needed a triple. I think you need to work on that. Oh, I'll try. And don't forget to check out our IGTV channel, Relationship, for a behind-the-scenes post-show conversation about this week's episode. Tony and I will harass your ears a little bit less than we did this week. When? Next week. Oh, okay. And remember that you are hot shit. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com.